Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Yo, Kyle Brandt's Hotel Room. We're back. We have not done Kyle Brandt's Hotel Room since we were in London. Man, back in October, I think it was. Now I'm in Las Vegas. It's true. Right behind me, there's some bizarre wall art. It's a dog in a wig. Over there, if you, in the daylight, I can see Treasure Island, the classiest joint in this town, the Bellagio Fountains, Caesar's Palace. And I'm here with you guys talking about all kinds of fun things. We did Kyle Brandt's car. We've done Kyle Brandt's room, and we're now back with a sequel to that one. I am right here for the Pro Bowl events. I'm sorry, the newly imagined Pro Bowl events presented by Verizon. I like saying it that way here in Las Vegas. And we have a lot to talk about the Brady retirement, the Super Bowl coming, and all the hijinks here in Vegas. I'm having great behind the scenes player interactions. And I just want to share it all with you people. Plus, we have an electric, an electric from the hotel room in which I cleaned out the mini bar and ate a highly responsible large box, highly irresponsible large box of Reese's Pieces last night in a terrible bit of decision-making. We'll get into that more, though. It's what I love, what I hate, and you know it, what's hilarious. I love Las Vegas. I love it. Polarizing city. No people who can't stand it. People aren't the right fit for it. I love this place. Now, this is interesting. I had a moment this morning. I'm going to tell you about this. I used to come to Las Vegas frequently when I lived in LA, as LA people often do. I would come here four, sometimes five times a year. Simple, 40-minute flight. Move to New York, I haven't been here much at all, other than being here quickly for the draft, chicken wing, and scream a draft name's, draft player's name. I haven't been here much. I haven't been here hanging out. So maybe it's because I'm a little older. Maybe it's I see it as a parent. I have new eyes on Las Vegas, and it's stunning to me what this city represents. This city really is a perfectly constructed buffet that features everything in the human emotional spectrum you could possibly want, anything. You get a plate when you land and you put whatever on it you want. Don't want something, go right past it. There's room for everything. Let me tell you what I mean. I have to get up really early to do Good Morning Football. I'm here, I have to get up about 3 a.m. local. So it's insane. At 4.16 a.m. this morning, 4.16 a.m., think about that time. It's not still late, it's not yet early, it is that weird purgatory in the 24-hour schedule. 4.16 a.m. this morning, I'm walking through the lobby of this hotel, and I stop at one of these crossroads of the thoroughfare hallways that kind of meet right in the middle of it, and I just look around for a little bit. I have myself a look around, and I realize what kind of things are at my disposal if I would want them. Every single vice, desire, all of the above, they're just right there. And it struck me for a second. Let me tell you what I mean. Uh, you want liquor? Sure. Over this way, when I was standing there at 4.16 a.m., there was a full circular bar with three bartenders sitting there doing nothing because there was no one sitting at the bar. Open at 4.16 a.m. They'll give you anything you want. I could go up there. I could get a triple bourbon. I could get a massive martini. I could probably get a huge bottle of champagne, and they'd be more than willing to give it to me. Not just one bartender, three standing there, minding their own business, doing nothing. 
liquor. It's right there, 10 steps away. If I took 10 steps the other way, I could walk in and bet, I don't know, $10,000 on a random basketball game I don't care about, Pennsylvania versus Cornell. I could do that if I wanted to. Liquor, gambling, not to mention to my right, there's 20,000 different slot machines if I want to hit the electronic button and see if I win. All the card tables are there. I could gamble. That's just right around me in walking distance, and we're just getting warmed up. Let's say I want some food at 4.16 a.m. It's 4.16 a.m. There's five restaurants around me. Five. I can turn around and count them. Every different cuisine, they're all open. I could get sushi. I could get oysters. I could get a steak. I could get spaghetti and meatballs. I could get pizza. I would sit down. I'd have it within 10 minutes. Anything I want to eat from any stretch of any cuisine in any part of the world is right there in the middle of the night, in the beginning of the morning for me. Food is covered. Let's say I want to go to the spa. They have 24-hour spas here. You get a massage at 2 in the morning. And I'm talking about like a nice place. You walk in there, spa, done. You want to do that? You want to go to the gym? The gym is open. You can get a workout there. It's just up those stairs from where I was standing at the crossroads. Um, if you have any kind of desires, you want to meet a lady, if that's the thing you're into, that's certainly around. I don't know anything about it, but I know it exists. Drugs, same thing. I don't do that. I have friends who used to do it when we come here. I think it's very easy to get. I'm still in that same spot. I can look around. I can see all of these options available. Then you can go to a club and get all of the options in one place, and there's a club down the hall. I still haven't left. I haven't left the building. I haven't gotten in an Uber. I haven't gotten on a plane. It is all indoors. Um, entertainment. You can go see a show. You can go to a strip club. They're all there, just sitting there waiting, 24 hours open for you. Options. You wanna do something totally different in golf? Tons of golf courses here. And now they have an NFL team here. Do you like your sports? The Raiders are here. They have an amazing stadium. It's right down at the end of the strip. I'm stunned, just still standing in my same spot, that anything I could possibly want, any sort of thing that would satisfy any vice that I have, anything that was either wholesome, filthy, and everywhere in between, I can have in under 20 minutes, sometimes under 20 steps. Most of them are legal, and most of them I don't even know, need to go outside to get. It is a crazy town they have set up here. I'm not doing an infomercial for Las Vegas. I just haven't been here for a long time, and I'm stunned at the immaculate setup and how easy everything is. I saw somebody getting a massage while they were playing cards. They got masseuses who will come up to you at the blackjack table. You pay them whatever, and they'll rub your shoulders while you're splitting your aces. They just stand there and do it. So that's And then they make room for the, the cocktail waitress to come over and give you your drink. It's a stunning place. Do you like Vegas? Have you ever been here? There's people who are watching this right now who have never been to Las Vegas as adults. Did what I just say entice you or scare you? Does it sound like the greatest place ever? Does it sound like hell on earth? I like it. And I only indulge in less than half of what I just listed, but I know people who indulge in them all. And it's really the only place in America or the world you can do that. Las Vegas, an incredible place. Home of the newly imagined Pro Bowl games presented by Verizon. Let's talk about those. It's actually, well, let's wait for hilarious for this. Let's get to what I hate. All right, so Pro Bowl games are here this weekend. 15-time Pro Bowler, 15-time Pro Bowler. Tom Brady retires. Broke yesterday morning, that was Wednesday morning in the middle uh, of Good Morning Football that I was doing from a balcony in some god-off flower of the night. 
And uh, I watched the video just like you did. And this is what I hate, but I was actually really, really happy for Brady. My God, man, stop carrying this burden. Stop playing this game. Just go live your life. I felt the way at the time. I feel the way now. I was thrilled for him that he's finally saying, I'm retired for good. Thank God. You have nothing to prove, please, to yourself, to your teammates, to your opponents, to the league, to the game, to the fans, to nothing. Get out of here, man. You became the greatest to ever do it about 10 years ago, and you've still been playing, and it's so impressive and so insane. But just stop. You do not have to be Superman. You do not have to move mountains. You do not have to play until you're 46 and 47 and 50, and he's still going. Just stop, man. Go coach Little League. Go play video games with your kids. Go be fun and silly and have a totally different life. I was thrilled to see it for him, and I love that he was sitting there on what appeared to be a public beach doing a video by himself, and it appeared to be in one take. I'll stick by that. He got emotional at the end. That's not something he shot over and over, and I guarantee you that was not something that was professionally shot because no sound person that I've ever worked with would allow him to use that because a plane flew over right in the middle of it, and there's nothing audio people hate more than planes that fly overhead. It was raw, it was real, and I was thrilled for it. Why do I hate it? I hate how it makes me feel. I feel all empty inside, I feel old, I feel a part of my life has passed me by. I'm not all weepy because Tom Brady's not gonna be on the field playing football next year. That's fine, he's 45, he should retire. I'm kind of weepy and I hate that a part of my life is over. I just put cards on the table and I'll just, I, I say this candidly. Tom Brady was the only player in the NFL older than me. I liked that there was a guy older than me. I held on to that. It's gone now. That's, that's not something I can say, oh, at least Brady's older than me. No, I'm older than every single player. I'm at this point older than I feel like half the coaches. And that's humbling for me because I remember when I was really, really young and watching Tom Brady. You know, my first memory of Tom Brady in football wasn't with the Patriots. It wasn't even watching him play on the field at Michigan. I used to play a PlayStation one when I was in college and it was NCAA football. And I loved playing with Michigan because they had Anthony Thomas, the A train number 32, a running back who you might remember from back in the nineties was really good. And I used just to run it with the A train. And so they had this quarterback who went number 10, Brady, who I came to learn about, and he would throw it to tie streets and whatnot. And that's when I first started even becoming aware of Tom Brady. He was just a conduit through which I could hand it to the A-Train, Anthony Thomas. And then um, about 25 years later, I'm sitting here in Las Vegas, and I see that guy number 10 on a beach saying he's retiring and not playing anymore, and I get a lump in my throat. It's amazing how that happened. I think of my life through the watching Tom Brady lens. I remember watching him eventually with the Patriots and I was in my 20s, still with the Patriots and I'm in my 30s and the Buccaneers are in my 40s. I remember what I was doing, where I was, who I was friends with, maybe who I was dating, who I was married to at his different Super Bowls. I remember the first one and I was at a party with idiot friends in LA and we were doing shots of scotch, which you just don't do, but you do if you're 22 and watching the Super Bowl to be silly. And I remember his last Super Bowl win, sitting with my wife and two kids on the couch because it was in the middle of COVID. And I was explaining it to my son. And that's that's the difference. Doing shots of scotch with my moron friends in LA to sitting with my two children on my lap, watching him win a Super Bowl with a new team in his home stadium in the middle of the pandemic. You're like, wow, where did the time go? I always say that I think uh, for, for us, Americans, just consumers in general, I think that the, the toughest celebrity death, and this is not a death, but it's toughest celebrity death to go through 
is the musician more so than the actor or the celebrity or the politician. The musician is really hard because one of your favorite musicians dies. The first thing you do is you go and play their music and it's nostalgic as hell and it's melancholy and it takes you back to when you first heard it and it's the soundtrack and if someone dies that really means a lot to you, you play their music and it just tears you apart. I feel like uh, play their music and it just tears you apart. I feel like uh, Tom Brady retiring is one of my favorite musicians is not making music anymore. And maybe they're my favorite album of theirs hasn't been for years, or maybe I haven't been into them recent music. They've gone to a new phase, or maybe I have, but that person won't be making music anymore. No more albums coming from them and they're going to retire and they're, they're not dying and they're going to be with their family, but it's just over. No more concerts, no more albums, none of that stuff. No more t-shirts, no more tours. It's just over. And I've spent my entire adult life listening to that music and it's tough to take. I saw something, um, online the other day too or yesterday i think it was from the part of my take guys where they had a tweet and it just said your childhood is over and it was a picture of brady and breeze and roethlisberger and rivers and peyton and eli and they're just all gone they're all gone they're all doing their thing they're, they'll never play football again they all took the pads off it's just it's just done and the way they put your childhood is over is hilarious for me, it, it's not my childhood, it's my young adulthood, it's over, it's, it's all gone. And I saw that, I was like, God, those guys are all walking away. It's tough to take. I got, I got again, I got like a lump in my throat just thinking about it, watching the, the amount of hours combined. How many hours combined do you think you've spent watching those quarterbacks, Rivers, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Brady, Manning, Manning? Thousands, thousands of hours of the prime of your life watching those guys. And it's just poof, we don't got to watch them anymore. And I know there's this whole thing about, well, the NFL's in good hands and the great young NFL talents. And listen, I'll put my hand up. I like watching Joe Burrow. I like watching Mahomes. It's tougher to relate to for me. Tougher to relate to Joe Burrow than it is someone like Philip Rivers or even Eli Manning. These guys are more of my contemporaries and I'll always enjoy the younger guys. And I enjoy the guys who are older than me. The Jim Kelly and Joe Montana and Dan Marino, I enjoyed those. But these guys who've all hung up, like those are my guys. That's my era. Those guys are about my age. We have kids about the same age. And I know a lot of you watching probably feel the same way. And when you see all those names up there, damn. Breeze is gone. And Rivers and Roethlisberger and Manning and Manning. And not Brady. Brady was the last one. No, no, he's gone. I'm happy for him. Uh, but in a way, I hate it for all of us. It would have been cool to see him just keep going until he was 50, 51, selfishly. We always got one of ours out there. He's our guy. This guy, guy was born in the 70s. And he's, he's playing with guys born in the 2000s, and he's still doing it. And that means something to us. If Brady can stay in shape and stay on top of his game, then maybe the rest of us can too. Well, it's over now. we got to find other motivation. I hate it. I'm sad about it. I'm happy for him. Sad for me. Let's move on to what's hilarious, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
All right, I love the new Pro Bowl. Listen, here's the thing. The Pro Bowl had a terrible brand association. The product got so bad and it was so tedious that you would just hear the word Pro Bowl and it became a punchline. Oh, Pro Bowl, oh, Pro Bowl. It used to be awesome. It used to be this fun thing that came after the Super Bowl and it was this bonus little football game or when the season was over and you were so depressed, well, we're gonna get one more party and get everybody together in Hawaii and give them some cool uniforms, put some lays around them. And you can see your favorite players run around. It was, it was fun, it was great memories. Um, I could run them down. We all remember Sean Taylor hitting Brian Mormon. The, the Pro Bowl was kind of a thing. And then over the last decade, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And the guys were like, why am I running around tackling and juking and blocking in this game? I'm not doing this. And the quality got less and less and less. And finally, it became a, a big time punchline, just something that not only was there not a lot of great interest in, even though the ratings were fine, people were tuning in to kind of hate watch it. That's just a fact. So the NFL finally said enough, like we're paying attention. We're going to do something. We're going to change the whole damn thing. So to all these people who watch that Pro Bowl and say, oh, why don't you just put flags on them? Well, they did. They're having flag football games. The best, most athletic players in the world, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, all of them, they're going to be playing flag football and they're going to be playing a series of yard games. Water balloon toss. Um, there's a long drive competition on a golf course. I'm not even here to sell it. And if it's not your thing, fine. I think it's very youth directed and it's a fun thing to watch with your kids or if you are a kid i'm more to give you the back behind the scenes so yesterday i'm here on the las vegas strip and i'm going to go to the raiders facility not the stadium that you've seen on tv i'm talking about their offices the practice field where mark davis's office is josh mcdaniels and all that so it's like a i don't know 15 minute drive 20 in traffic it's kind of outside of vegas on the strip and it reminded me in, in casino when, when Nikki and Ace go and have their conversation out in the desert, there's holes in the desert. So I kind of liked that. And then you pull up there and the Raiders facility is everything you could possibly imagine. It looked like it was designed by the empire. I'm talking about the Imperial forces around built it. And there's a giant torch for Al Davis out front. And it's this strong, broad shoulder, black and silver building. You pull through this giant gate, you walk through the front and, uh, you know, they got the, the Lombardi trophies from back in the day. There's a mural of, of John Madden and there's the Super Bowl rings and it's really impressive. Just, but it's sort of a immaculate feeling place, like kind of cold, kind of sterile. It's like how Ferris Bueller describes Cameron Fry's house. It, it's, it's kind of like that. But then I get in there and I walk through these hallways and it's always cool to be in an NFL facility. I've only been in a handful, but it's like, wow, this is, there's so much money involved in them and there's cool logos everywhere, just yesteryear and the future. And there's Al Davis quotes everywhere. So I walk in there, they got this giant indoor practice facility. It's not just a field, it's, it's like a field and a half. There's your classic hundred yard field, super high ceilings. Then there's like another 50 yard field. And I walk in there, it's just a circus because they got all these games set up and they got something called kick-tack-toe where they take the uprights and they put a massive, uh, X's and O's grid like tic-tac-toe behind it and I, I, I walk in there's Justin Tucker best kicker to ever live and he's just banging 50-yard field goals against it X O trying to line them up because what I was uh, visiting yesterday was a de facto practice session for the Pro Bowl games it was like a sound check or a dress rehearsal and they're kind of let the players out there kind of see what these drills and games are going to be and then you know we'll do it for real so Tucker was just getting work and there's all these players I walk right by uh, Micah Parsons, I see Jalen Ramsey, um, and I, I walk over and I, I shot a thing with Kirk Cousins yesterday. Are you familiar with the Mr. Perfect throw and catch? It's with Steve Jordan, the old Viking, and Mr. Perfect, the old wrestler, who's of course deceased, throws himself a pass and then runs and catches it. 
Kirk Cousins and I did our own version of that, and he was incredible. I think it's going to come out tomorrow, so look for that. But here was my, my, my biggest takeaway from this. And I saw and I talked to a couple of the 49ers guys. I, I always love Juszczyk and Kittle, and we talked about their loss in the title game. I think they were still shocked from it. I just straight up told them, like, guys, the strangest game I've ever seen. I had no idea what I was watching, and they were just kind of, like, shaking their heads. And they were talking about how they haven't really processed it yet. It was just a few days ago, and now they're here in Vegas. So I talked to them for a while. Um, I set up to try to watch because I wanted to watch the precision passing. I wanted to watch – these quarterbacks were here in the Pro Bowl do the precision passing. Precision passing is just like we used to see in the old quarterback challenges where there's the moving targets, you got hit with a ball, and then there's the deep one and the short one. You get different points and you get a final score. They've done it for years and they used to do it in around the 2000s and it was just awesome. Well, they're doing it this year and I wanted to watch. So these quarterbacks get to try to throw some passes and understand what the different targets are going to be so they can really let it rip when it's showtime. So I sit there watching and um, I'm kind of watching from a distance. I'm trying to give it a lot of room and respect. And plus, I don't want to get hit with a ball. I watched Cousins go. Kirk Cousins, he, he did really well, hit almost every target. I watched Geno Smith go, also did well. I watched Jared Goff go, same thing. It's crazy to watch these guys throw a football. It's the best in the world, just lasers. And then I'm standing there from afar. And I see somebody who looks distinctly like him, but I, I said to the person next to me, I'm like, is that Derek Carr? And they're like, yeah, isn't that kind of weird? Like, I had no idea Derek Carr was going to be in the Pro Bowl. Turns out Joe Burrow decides not to do it. They extend to Derek Carr, and he says, yeah, I'll do it. And I understand Derek Carr has not been with the team for weeks before the end of the season. They sat him down. He's out. I'm out of here. Says his goodbye. I want to... Go play for another team, but that's his, that's it as a Raider. I see him in the Raiders facility in the middle of this fortress that they've built. He's got no Raiders gear on, no hat, no shirt, no nothing. For years, every time you see cars, he's got Raiders gear on, nothing. He's got his Pro Bowl jacket, and he's a Pro Bowler. And he's back, and he's in the facility, and everyone's kind of talking about, oh, there's Derek, and he's maybe we haven't seen him in a while. And I couldn't believe it. So I'm like, oh, that's Derek Carr. I want to watch Derek Carr throw. He hasn't played for a long time. Let's take a look. Derek Carr steps up, tosses the ball around a little bit, loosens his arm up, takes off this Pro Bowl jacket that he's wearing, takes it off. He's just got this plain white T-shirt underneath. This dude is huge, ripped, bulging out of the shirt. I mean, he looked like TJ Watt. He's got biceps. He's got abs. It looks like Derek Carr has been doing nothing but work out since he stopped playing for the Raiders. Looked incredible. Then he gets up and they say, three, two, one, gets his practice round in. He's hitting everything. The deep one, first try. The other deep one, the moving targets, blasting them. The short little one-pointers, the gimmies that some of the other guys were missing. Just like it was nothing. Stone-faced, no big deal. Big old biceps knocking him down in the middle of this place that has cast him away and rejected him. And there was like this kind of screw you body language. And at the end of all these sessions these quarterbacks have, there's this kind of Hail Mary target that's worth 10 points. It's this bucket basically you have to land it in. Nobody else even came close. Derek Carr throws it from like the 50-yard line. And as it's in the air, everybody's cheering. He just goes, money. And it comes down. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to go in and it hit the side of it and didn't go in. But we all freaked out. It was like, I, I feel like I saw something special. And I think that's like the last pass that Derek Carr is ever going to throw in that building in front of that logo. 
it was an incredible thing. And I, I'm telling you, he's going to start for somebody next year. I don't know how it's going to go, but I know he's going to be in shape, ready, mad, focused. He got a lot of hugs, a lot of pats on the back from the other players there. I think they knew there was something special going on there, and that was personal. And he put on a show, man. I hope he does him the real thing because behind the scenes, he looked incredible. Pretty cool. Good for you, Derek Carr. All right, let's move on to what we call, oh, you want an incredible show. I see on the schedule right here next we have Takes on Takes. Let's let it rip. All right, this is what we do here. Two combatants come in, they have an opinion on something, or rather a take, and then I give my take on their take, and I judge them. I give them a number based on delivery, creativity, and heat. We are sitting here in this beautiful little in-between phase between the end of the season and the end of the title games and the Super Bowl. Things get dormant sometimes. You're looking for things to latch onto and sink your teeth into for takes. So I don't know where we're going. As always, I have not seen any of these takes until you do. I have not watched them. I'm going to see them raw, and then I'm going to judge them. First up, Tom Brady, retired for good, as he said. And uh, teammate Teddy Bruschi, who's talked about Brady for years, of course, won multiple Super Bowls with Tom Brady. He's kind of uh, on a big spot here, Teddy. This is someone we go to to get an opinion on Tom Brady in a moment like this. And on ESPN's Get Up, let's see what he went with. Teddy Bruschi, go ahead. Tom Brady, what he just achieved was something that we weren't able to achieve in 2007, and that's perfection. Because mm. his career was absolutely mm. perfect in my eyes. Because he came in as a low-round draft pick, 199th. No one knew about him on the team. And all he did was work for everything that he, that he earned and ended up achieving. Um, he wasn't the betrothed one. He wasn't the number one overall pick that everybody looked to and that you're the man. Go do it. You're the leader. No, he had to start at the bottom and work his way up. And he did. And he started out and he became a Super Bowl MVP. Early, he deferred leadership to other leaders on the team while he learned. He had a comeback from an, from an ACL injury, a knee injury. He had to do that. I mean, he switched teams and proved that, yes, I'm with Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick is great, but I know how to win championships in my own way. Mm. And he did that also. He was second in the MVP voting last year, and he was 44-45. And I mm. keep getting his words in my ears all the time. Teddy B, I told you, 45, man. I told you I was going to, I was 45, but Tom Brady would say, Tom would say, 40 and 5 is what he would say. <laughs> it's good. I like hearing it. It's a fun story. Uh, 40 and 5. Yeah, I think Brady uses that word a lot. It makes him relatable. I use that word a lot, too. Cards on the table. Not here, though. All right. Um, where do you come out, though, on that? It's, it's not our usual takes on takes fodder. It's a warm, reflective story from a guy who is very close with Brady and has a lot of affection for him. It's not so much a take as it is a little bit of an homage, but I, there is a take in there. He said his, his career was, was perfect. I really can't get there with you, Teddy. I know what you're getting at, symbolically perfect, but there's certainly a lot of holes to poke. Um, he missed almost an entire season with his knee getting injured. It wasn't his fault, but certainly an imperfection in the coast to coast thing he did. Uh, he was suspended by the league for a handful of games. A lot of to do about that. He lost three Super Bowls. 
um, one of which he played a brilliant statistical game that had a huge turnover at the end of it to lose to the Eagles. Lost twice to Eli Manning. Made a couple big mistakes in those games. Um, but really, that's about it. I'm bending over backwards. Played in 10 Super Bowls. So, perfect career, no. Best career we've ever seen, yes. Perfect take, absolutely not. Take a good enough to get a six, yes. I will do it a six. Uh, it was just warm, and it was it was appropriate, and it was a really good tone. A little bit of heat with the perfection. I guess, should I give him a seven? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to stay with the six. I'm looking up who's next, and they're just itching to get into the ring because it's the first timer. Teddy Bruschi had never been on Takes on Takes. That was his debut. Guess who else is making his debut? <laughs> Number one. We got the Pope. Sports Pope, Mike Francesa. <laughs> this is great. Mike Francesa, who uh, I've met, I've had great exchanges with. He's been on my show. I've been on his show. I met him once at a uh, black tie event, and he was a very charming guy. I liked him a lot. I didn't grow up listening to him like a lot of uh, the East Coast people in particular did, but I, I have an affection for him. So let's see what he does. Mike Francesa on a very special Mike and the Mad Dog reunion episode on First Take, which they did not expect to cover Tom Brady's retirement in. I think there was a lot of other stuff planned, but the news breaks. They got to talk about it. They got the Pope there. Let's hear Mike Francesa give his take to try to beat Teddy Bruschi's six on Tom Brady's retirement. Here we go. I'm going to throw a little, you know, oil on the uh, ceremony. Okay. He's not the best regular season quarterback I've ever seen. Peyton Manning was. What? He's not the best Super Bowl quarterback who ever lived. Joe Montana is. What he is, though, mm. is the guy who played the longest and he won the most games. He won the most Super Bowls. So he will be remembered because nobody's going to play 23 years and nobody's probably ever going to have a chance to win that many Super Bowls. It's almost impossible to do. He was in the right place with the right coach and he was that competitive. But so, let me say this. In the Super Bowl, just take the Super Bowl performances, nobody ever has competed on the level Joe Montana competed on. Not even close. And in the regular season, I watch every game in the regular mm -hmm. season. The best down-to-down, Sunday-to-Sunday quarterback I've ever seen regular season was Peyton Manning. <laughs> you know what I love? I just love that the news breaks. It is fresh. It just happened. In a very sincere and modest and appropriate video, not some bloated production, <laughs> just a guy saying, I, I'm done, I'm retired, and I want to thank my family and all that. Da, da, da. And I love that Francesca goes anti-Brady. And it, that is an anti-Brady take. Uh, it just, it takes cojones, it takes having, not caring what people think, it's being a made guy already. To zag on a Tom Brady morning when 20 seconds ago he's sitting there tearing up talking about how much he'll miss his teammates is so hilarious to me and so much heat. He easily could have just said, oh, you know, like everybody else, like Bruski, just the greatest, great guy, amazing, amazing. He's like, got nothing on Peyton in the regular season. Pfft. You should have seen Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. It's hilarious. There are very few people in what we do that will do that. Because A, people just don't want the blowback of being quote-unquote disrespectful to Brady. And B, their, their minds just don't think that way. You immediately see the Brady retirement like, oh, what a great thing. <laughs> you don't even give it an hour to say congratulations, Tom. He's already into, yeah, well, he wasn't as good as Montana in the Super Bowls. That's so funny to me. I don't know if it's right. Listen, 
Joe Montana is great. And the thing about him for Super Bowls and what people like to bring up is he obviously never lost one and he never threw an interception in any of the four Super Bowls. Brady played in 10. 10. Do you think that if Joe Montana was good enough and his team was good enough and to get to 10, do you think he probably would have lost a few? Certainly would have thrown a few interceptions. I just can't get there with you. I can't do it. Um, the most incredible feat I have ever seen in a Super Bowl ever, and I've watched over 40 of them, is the 28 to 3 comeback. Brady was there. And Francesca would probably say, well, the only reason he was there is because he threw a pick six in the first half. Joe Montana never did that. I understand it, Mike. I respect it. And then the Peyton Manning love out of nowhere that he's... Imagine your brain being so asymmetrical that you have a take that Peyton Manning is the best regular season quarterback. No one talks about who's the best regular season quarterback. That's not really a thing. And if they do, they usually say it's Dan Marino. Just so interesting. I respect the originality. I don't agree with the take. I don't have that take. I wouldn't have that take. I think Brady's greatness and the fact that he won one in Tampa. You know, Joe Montana didn't win one in Kansas City, Mr. Franzessa. Yeah, 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 but you forget. I, I'm sure I do forget. I, you know what's funny is that I'm going to be Francesa down the road sometime. I can be so lucky, I hope. And there's going to be some crazy quarterback who's, you know, Arch Manning or Arch Manning's kid, for all I know, who is going to be doing these incredible things. And someone's on some show is going to be saying they're the greatest thing ever. And I'm going to be like, nope. As soon as that kid retires, I'm going to say, we forget how great Tom Brady was. That's how this thing works. So uh, that is that is a nine for Mike Francesa, a nine for in instantly going contrarian and anti on Tom Brady and really giving him credit only for being able to play a long time. That's the only thing he said to Tom Brady. He, no one's going to play as long as him, so they won't win as many Super Bowls. Just amazing. No, like, wow, his incredible commitment to his, his body and his health and his leadership and the way he continued to evolve his game when he years and the, he's so much respect from his teammates and opponents and no one ever has a negative thing to say in the NFL about Brady and everybody who's ever played with him seems to love him. No, he just played a long time. And if you play long enough, you know, you, this isn't like a guy who hangs on for four years at a college program and so they become that rebounds leader and we all know that they were there four years because they weren't good enough to go to the NBA and we all kind of understand that Brady's not an aggregator <laughs> he's, he he threw 66 passes in his final NFL game he was a top three passer in his final NFL season he wasn't hanging on just to put records away he was dominant Mike amazing never change I know he never will but he gets a nine and I'm sure to add to his Hall of Fame career he's thrilled to know that he has beaten Teddy Bruschi in Takes on Takes. Mike, please come back to the segment. You've been it every single time, my friend. Love you. Nine to six. That's over. And we're over, too. I got to go do uh, kind of Vegas stuff, and I'm doing a thing with Justin Jefferson this afternoon, uh, who I love because my kid loves. So uh, before we say goodbye, I'm reading my production note here. No dartboard here. If you could see what's on the wall behind the computer, you would not believe it. It's not a dartboard of sorts. Uh, my producers are giving me a Las Vegas-based topic to end on, which I haven't seen. It says... What's the greatest Las Vegas-based movie of all time? I have to tell you, uh, I love the first Hangover. I, and if it's the greatest, I don't know, I love Ocean's Eleven, I love Casino, I love the first Hangover. And I think it's so funny that when Jerry Seinfeld went on Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis, who was obviously in the, the Hangover movies, Galifianakis is doing his thing where he's needling them and making fun of them, they're doing all their jokes and stuff, and Jerry just fires right back. He doesn't take, and he kind of breaks the shtick of the show, and he's like, you know, couldn't you have just left The Hangover alone? You had a comedy classic, 
a classic, an all-time classic, and you had to come back and make the dumb sequels and make all that money, couldn't you have just left it alone? And Galifianakis is like ad-lib funny responses and stuff, but I love that Jerry did that, and I think Jerry's right. I saw half of part two, never saw part three, never will. Hangover one though, instant classic. Everybody in this era who comes to Vegas thinks of it. I'm looking at the sign for Caesar's Palace and I want to go there and ask them if this is the real Caesar's Palace. Did Caesar live there? She goes, no, he goes, I didn't think so. It's great, that's my answer. That's the show, guys. That's Kyle Brandt's Hotel Room. We'll be back tomorrow. I'll have more adventures to talk about. I'm gonna interact with a whole bunch of NFL players and God knows who else here in Las Vegas. Thank you, love you. The hotel room door is right over there. Please uh, see yourself out. Hit the elevator down to the lobby. Take it easy.